Every day during these strange and uncertain times, Cood Street is spending 10 minutes or so with readers and book lovers from around the world, asking them what they're reading and what they recommend to anyone with a bit of time on their hands. Today I'm spending 10 minutes with best-selling, multiple award-winning writer Kelly Barnhill, who joins me from somewhere in the Americas. Hello, Kelly. Nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere between the left bit and the right bit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, somewhere in the middle. (laughs) So how are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. We're all <laughs> hanging in there, um, uh, trying to make sure that we know how to make food out of, I don't know, tuna and <laughs> canned beans and uh, sardines and stuff, and um, and making sure the kids don't like, you know, behead each other, which like I feel like. <laughs> You know, so far so good. Uh, and, you know, maybe get some writing done. We'll see. Wow, I was going to say, I mean, are you able to find yourself able to function, able to work and write and read and do all those kind of things? Or are you sort of brought to a stop by everything? Uh, I mean, it depends. I mean, yeah, I mean, I do feel like Twitter is a little bit like the Necromonicon, right? You know, like we just can't stop reading and then we lose our minds. Uh, so the more I can detach from that, the better off I do. Um, uh, I, I, I am able to write, um, uh, uh, you know, it depends on the day. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes a paragraph is a good day, and sometimes I can get a little bit more than that. So we'll just have to see. <laughs> and I am weirdly reading too, which is also kind of fun. But, um, it's um, it's really nice to be reading uh, reading a book rather than uh, listening to I don't know somebody giving a news conference. I can't think who though. So <laughs> I must say, I find just the act of reading is a very centering, calming thing in these times. It really is. It really is, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we, that, that segues into what are you reading, and you know, is it any good? I will tell you. So I, I actually brought um, visual aids. Actually, I wonder if you can even see them very well. So I'll just tell you what they are. So this is a book called The Book of Delights. Can you see it by Roske? Um, and so Roske is a poet. And, uh, and he decided to spend a year writing little mini essays about something that delighted him. Um, and, and it was sort of, you know, a little bit of a, you know, sort of a creativity project and a, you know, and a centering project and a, um, a mental health project and all kinds of different things. Uh, and he's a magnificent poet. And, um, and these essays are wonderful they're really wonderful um it's really easy to get to get pretty upended right now both by the crushing loss of life and the worry about our loved ones and you know all kinds of missteps and terrible whatever in you know governments or whatever and um and and it 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 is also important to remember that the world is good so i read one of these little mini essays every morning um, instead of reading Twitter. And I'll tell you what, um, it's like, I don't know, it's like church a little bit. It's just like um, uh, remembering that the world is good. So I really like this. I highly recommend it. And whatever, lots of people have been recommending it. It's not just me. Uh, so I have this cool edition. This is the 40th anniversary um, edition of uh, Joy Williams' The Changeling. Uh, which is a wonderful, weird, surrealistic, wacky novel. Um, and, uh, and it's interesting because there's all kinds of other writers that I admire who have mentioned this book as being a seminal book for them. Yeah. Uh, 
Uh, Kelly Link is one and, you know, some other people too. And it's interesting because you can, it's fun reading the books that are uh, uh, these kind of touchstone novels of the writers you admire because it's sort of is like having a friend and then meeting their mom and realizing, oh, you two are the same, you know, like I see, see where these genes come from. <laughs> so it's like finding creative genes. That was kind of fun. So this book I haven't started yet, but this is next on my list after I'm done with it. I'm really excited. And it's called Washington Black. Isn't yeah. that a cool cover? It is. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about this book. So this is what's next on my list. Excellent. Well, at so, least it sounds yeah. like your to-read pile isn't this big, like enormously towering over your head. Well, it is, but I just thought I'd bring you just a couple. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, another thing, too, um, you know, my daughter is um, home from college, and it's a hard time for the college students. And one of the things that she and her friends are doing is that they are doing group listens to uh, Terry Pratchett um, uh, audiobooks. So, you know, and I think I think they're doing it like pretty low tech, like basically somebody like plays their their audio file while everybody else is on on a Zoom call and they all just all listen and then they talk about it, (laughs) which is so delightful. I mean, I love college kids. The kids are all right, I think, you know, Uh, but (laughs) I also, you know. I, I do find that when I talk to neighbors or yeah. my mom's friends or whatever, just people that I, because people will ask me a lot for, um, uh, uh, for book recommendations. And I find myself recommending Terry Pratchett all the freaking time. You of know, course. um, I do feel like for right now, um, uh, I God, that guy was weirdly prescient about all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? Um, uh, I think it's the uh, warmth and the humanity and the decency in it. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like an antidote. Mm. You know what I mean? So that is what I've been recommending the most lately is Terry Pratchett. Yeah. Well, see, that kind of segues and maybe deals with what the next question kind of was and is. And that is a lot of people faced with time in their hands are looking at what to read or what to listen mm-hmm. to or mm-hmm. you know, what, to, what, to, what to consume. And some people mm-hmm. are looking at great self-improving projects where they pull mm-hmm. out Proust and Duolingo mm-hmm. and they re- learn French and they read Proust and the original or whatever else, or they're going mm-hmm. off and they're reading John D. MacDonald spy novels and more crime novels. So what kind of a thing do you recommend? I mean, Pratchett, obviously some, someone you would recommend. Is there mm-hmm. other work you'd recommend that people seek out at a time like this maybe? Yeah, absolutely. One of the biggest things that I've been recommending to people is actually a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and it's um, uh, LeVar Burton's short story podcast. It's called LeVar Burton Reads. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, where he just picks a short story that he likes and reads it. So yeah. first of all, there are a bunch of benefits to, um, uh, to listening to this podcast. First of all, he, um, he draws from a variety of, um, genres. He, um, uh, uh, uh draws from a, ver- uh, most of the, so- the short stories are pretty modern, but not all of them. Like he ha- um, has also gotten some, you know, more classic short stories, but his only criteria is that he likes it. Right. Yeah, yeah. And so like, you know, um, uh, male writers, female writers, writers of color, writers from, um, all kinds of different walks of life. It's, um, uh, genre fiction, mystery fiction, horror fiction, all kinds of different stuff, uh, literary fiction. Um, uh, and, um, and he's 
just a magnificent reader. reader. Mm -hmm. But it's also a way to um, sort of come in contact with writers that you might not have um, uh, uh, interacted with very much before. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's got two um, short stories by Genevieve Valentine that were just exquisitely done. Uh, He did a short story um, uh, uh, by uh, William Alexander, uh, who uh, was in... um, uh, was one of the, you know, destroys science fiction and fantasy. Uh, yeah, there were yeah. people with disabilities destroying science fiction and fantasy, you know, like they do. Uh, and, um, and his story is wonderful and the reading was magnificent. Um, uh, he did, um, uh, now I'm blanking on the author's name. Um, uh, but, uh, the short story is called What It Means When a Man Falls from the Sky. Uh, yeah. she's a, a uh, Nigerian author who actually lives here in Minnesota, um, and and the the story is wonderful. His reading of it is wonderful. I just think it's magnificent. Um, yeah. And you know there there have been um, uh, there have been other times in my life where you know you know big family upheavals or you know we had you know somebody was really sick or all kinds of different things that were like really hard times. And um, and I found that. Listening to somebody read me a story, even if I've heard it before, um, uh, just lying down and and um, uh, and and reading and interacting with story in a very sort of like passive, relaxed way um, yeah. was um, uh, profoundly soothing to my soul, uh, and also. Um, helped bring me back to literature when I felt very far away from it. Okay. So, uh, which I think can happen in times like this, you okay. know, when we're all very stressed out. Uh, it's, uh, I, I hear from a lot of people saying, I, I don't have the, the, the brain space. So sometimes we have to find ways to create the brain space. Okay. So, well, that's fine. Let me also ask you, because it's, you know, it is this sort of a time. What do you, have, do you have anything coming out in the world? Is there anything of yours that people should be keeping an eye out for? Well, it'll be a bit before it comes out, but I have a book that uh, will come out from Algonquin uh, called The Ogress at the Far End of Town. Uh, and I think it comes out next year. So um, I should probably turn it in, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> is it finished, dare I ask? I, I, it is. It is. I'm just, you know, sometimes you just have to fuss at the end to get it to lay right. Endings are tricky. Um, mm-hmm. So I think I've erased the last 50 pages, I don't know, 100 times. Like <laughs> I, mean, I wish I was exaggerating. <laughs> so, you know, I swore I wouldn't do this this time. Um, I've always been very much a... Um, you can have this manuscript out of my cold, dead hands kind of mm-hmm, writer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I will apologize to my editor, you know, once I return her emails. So, <laughs> I think I'm going to turn it in tomorrow, actually. I feel pretty good about it today. So possibly, we'll be- see. possibly before this podcast comes out. Maybe, maybe I will. <laughs> And also, you've got Lucky's Dragon coming out as well. I do, I do. I have the, oh my gosh, I have it here. I love this cover. Isn't it so great? This is the Book of Dragons, everybody. Yeah. Yes. This is Book of Dragons, and it, I'm, I have been having such fun. That, I should have mentioned this. I've been having such fun reading everybody else's stories. Oh, good. Uh, it's, gosh. You did a good job, Jonathan. Well, they did a good job. You guys did a good job. They did a great job. 
I, I've really, I've really been enjoying it. And so, um, so that's been fun for me too. And gosh, what a gorgeous cover. And the I book just, is going to be stunning. The actual physical book, the hardcover with the reprint jackets and it's going to be wonderful. I anyway, anyway. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> Thank you for making t- time to talk to us today, Kelly. I really appreciate it. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much, Jonathan. It's been lovely to see your face in real time. And, <laughs> um, and, uh, and perhaps we can like be in the same place in real life. You know, once, once planes start going again and people can travel and somewhere like down that. the road, maybe, maybe the Montreal World Fantasy Convention. I love Montreal. I love Montreal. It's like a plan. (gasps) Sounds good. All right. Thank you so much. Okay.